Hello, and welcome to Gut Health and Happiness with the Chuckling Goat Girls. I'm Sean Jones, and I've got Ellen Armstrong and Karis Colvin here with me, and we are the Chuckling Goat Girls. We all have families, we all have partners, and we're all trying to do the right thing when it comes to our gut health. But uh, as we all know, it's not always easy trying to convince the people that we love to do the right thing. So our topic this week is eat carbs. I love it. <laughs> right? It's so good. This is the good news. We were talking about this and decided that if we are going to do a cookbook, uh, we should call it Eat Carbs. Um, so, Els, you hear a lot of this in the office. Um, what? Give us, break it down for us. What's the message in Eat Carbs? So, I think what has happened in recent years is people are avoiding carbs as a whole because everyone just goes, oh, carbs, it's bad. No carbs before marbs and all this um, because they think that all carbs are bad for you. But there are different types of carbs. Um, you've got fiber, which is very good for you. And then you've got simple carbs, which are like sugar, not so good for you. And then complex carbs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got it. Okay, cool. Which is a sort of middle ground. Um, now, yes, you should try to avoid simple carbs as much as you can because they're really not that great for you. Um, they turn into sugar very, very quickly in the system. You're not feeding your gut bugs anything beneficial there. But what you do need to eat is those nice fibrous carbs because that is what your gut bugs enjoy to eat. That's what feeds them, as we discussed in our little fiber podcast. So I think lots of people are actually missing out on fiber these days because they're avoiding carbs as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why we're seeing a lot of low fiber scores and low microbiome diversity in the microbiome test results. That's mm-hmm. my that's my thoughts on it anyway. Mm-hmm. So our message is eat carbs. Eat carbs. <laughs> what are you what are you getting from customers when you're talking to them? Yeah, a lot of people are kind of like, well, I'm a, doing a no carb, you know, kind of diet. I'm trying to lose some weight. Um mm-hmm. and I think, you know, it's, a, it's about the understanding of the different types of carbs, like Ellen has just explained, and the fact that fiber and things is what your gut, good gut, gut bugs need. So it's important that you do eat those carbs. So it's just kind of educating people, actually, in terms of those carbs and the fiber and things. Um, and when I explain that to people, they're like, ah, right, okay, yeah. so I actually should be eating these things. Mm-hmm. Um, which people are quite shocked about originally. Um, so it's really interesting, actually. And, you know, like before coming to Chuckling Goat as well, not that I ever did a carb-free diet, I don't think I'd be able to, but um, I didn't have the best understanding of that and just kind of thought like everybody else, oh, no, no carbs. Yeah. Um, so it is about educating people. And, and yeah, that's what we need to do. The message has been put down our throats time and time again, carbs, no, no, no carbs. So that's stuck in people's heads now, isn't it, really? Yeah. We need to move away from that. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. People have gotten this idea that they should avoid all carbs. And what we're finding now is that your gut bugs eat fiber, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is all they eat. That's all they care about. They don't care about protein. They don't care about fats. They don't care about essential amino acids. All they care about is fiber. 
So if you're not eating enough fiber, you're starving your gut bugs and your gut bugs are dying. And I, that's not putting it too strongly. That is what's happening. So now that we've, you know, everyone's gone, oh, no grains, no gluten, no carbs, um, no wheat, which is, which is okay because wheat is not the best grain and we eat a lot of it. I think we're, in this culture, we're kind of addicted to wheat. Like there's wheat everywhere and there's nothing else. There's yeah. just there was a kind of grain going like we don't eat millet, amaranth, quinoa, buckwheat. Um, you know, these are uh, barley, rye. You know, these things are amazing for your gut bugs and we, we just don't eat them. All we eat is wheat and wheat's not good. So give up wheat, great, but do not give up the other kinds of grains because your gut bugs need them. And the other thing is pulses. Again, in this country, you know, in other countries around the world, they can, they base their diet on grains and pulses. We don't, I mean, like when's the last time you saw a pulse? Now, I know Amy, I mean, uh, Ellie, you do um, chili con carne, but I mean, like in our house, n nobody that I live with likes pulses. I have to, I eat lentils because yeah. I know that I should, but I can't get anyone else to eat them. Yeah. So that's a, that's a struggle that we, especially in the UK, we're really not good with this kind of diversity, different kinds of grains, antique grains, non-traditional grains, different kinds of pulses. We don't know how to cook them. We don't know what to do with them. We don't even know that we should eat. No. no. I mean, in That's fairness, I definitely could crank up the grains and pulses in this house because I think we get very stuck on two or three different ones. And I know two or three is not bad, but it's not particularly diverse, is it? I have been trying, I've really been trying to, especially with the grains, um, like you said, amaranth, quinoa. Quinoa is one that I think a lot of people are familiar with, but they're not using it quite so much. Mm -hmm. So because it's super, like it's really readily available in Tesco and all the big supermarkets, um, some of the other grains you probably have to buy online. But quinoa, that's quite an easy one to work with, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This idea of diversity is really where I'm landing these days. Mm -hmm. We all get in a rut. It's so easy. You know, you find something that works and then there you go. <laughs> and there you go. And there you go. And it's Tuesday and it's Wednesday and it's Thursday. And it's, it's easy. You solve the problem once and then you just return to it. And I do the same thing. Yeah. But you need diversity inside your microbiome. You need a diversity of different kinds of gut bugs because that means your system is healthy. And to feed those diversity of bugs, you need a diversity of foods. And so yeah. we've got to kind of like push back against that, you know, falling into a rut kind of habit. Um, one way, I think we might've talked about this earlier, but I'm doing it with the porridge. So instead of just having oatmeal, that's a great opportunity to diversify your grains. You know, get your uh, flaked amaranth, which is a thing, and flaked <laughs> quinoa. And yes, you know, you're not gonna find it in Tesco, you gotta order it online. And it is a little bit expensive, but on the other hand, if you've got a big bag of, you know, flaked barley, it's gonna last, right? Yeah. You're not you're not going to whip through that overnight. It's going to be fine. And so I'm mixing, you know, a bunch of different grains together in my porridge. And so um, that's a great opportunity to do that. I suppose uh, what are some other recommendations that we make to clients about diversifying fiber? Well, I was just going to say, I suppose you could, you know what you're doing with your porridge and adding those different grains to it. You could probably do that with um, a salad. I know Care was talking about her Buddha bowl last yeah. Doing the last podcast so you could do quinoa because it's nice and simple but you could add a little bit of um amaranth to it as well and mix it together and then it's just 
if, if it's one lot of grain, isn't it? But there's two in one. You could even do three in one. But I suppose you could do that for salads too, couldn't you? Yes, that's perfect. That's the way we need to start thinking about it. So um, I did this weekend gone. I cooked up some um, buckwheat groats, which I had never done before. They are very hardcore, the buckwheat groats. It's, buckwheat yes. is not wheat. It's a different kind of grain. Got all kinds of good proteins, and of course, we're most concerned with the fiber. And I cooked that up, and then I cooked millet. And then I had them both in the fridge cold, and I did exactly that. I had a salad, um, I had some baby kale and chard from my greenhouse, and so, so mixed up the grains. And then I did um, miso. Are you guys doing miso at all? Um, I'm not. I've heard of miso, I've had it before. I don't really use it so much. So I'm from California, and you have miso with your sushi. We had a lot of sushi. Right, yeah. Sushi. But miso is super easy. It is in itself a fermented um, a prebiotic. So it's, we have miso in our complete prebiotic powder, but it tastes really nice and it's super easy. It's, kind of, it's salty. It makes like kind of a nice, um, savory, salty broth. One scoop of that in some warm water, dissolve it. You got broth. <laughs> it's, and it tastes really nice. And then, so I put that over my grains, chopped up my um, kale and chard, put it in there, kind of wilted, which is nice. And then I did um, some fish. Nice. I did, a, I think it was like a tin of sardines. And nice. it was really delicious. I really enjoyed yes. it. Sounds it was, nice. Yeah, no, it was on good. The, on the bulgur wheat front, have you made tabbouleh? Tabbouleh? Tabbouleh. I have. Um, with, you can make it with buckwheat growth. So, you know, you've got to soak the buckwheat. Mm -hmm. um, and then cook it and all you do is add um chopped up tomatoes chopped up cucumber and red onion and you and parsley and mint and you just mix it through it's really popular in the middle east so josh and i have had it a lot when we've been to oman and it's just so yummy it's really fresh and lush so Ooh, that sounds nice that's sounds it with your with your bulk wheat groats yeah that sounds like a really like good picnic food the next time we have a picnic we have yeah. to do that I'm growing mint and I'm going to be growing some parsley as well. Ideal. Does the, the tabbouleh, does it have a flavoring, like a vinegary thing in it or is it just, I mean, I think you could probably put a little bit of red wine vinegar possibly, but I don't, I just like it as it is. It's, it's really, it is really yummy because you're putting loads of mint and parsley in it to the point where it's, it's green. It, it looks completely green. So it's nice. Oh, you should try it. You know, another thing you can do is make pesto. And you don't have to, you know, usually it's basil, right? And pine nuts, but you can make therapeutic medicinal pesto with any kind of herb. So as we've been finding out, a lot of these herbs will actually give you, you know, anti-pathogen effect inside the gut. Um, rosemary is great for that. Thyme is great for that. And they taste really nice. So you can get fresh herbs and then you just put them in um, the little kitchen mixer that I'm going to buy you for Christmas. Yes, <laughs> Blend them up with um it can be pine nuts but it can also be walnuts it can also be some other kind of nuts and some uh, olive oil and essentially what you're getting is like well it's just herbs ground into a paste that's a, that's really what pesto is um but it's therapeutic and it kills off the bad bugs and it tastes yummy yeah i bet it tastes lush i love pesto i'm a huge mm. fan so mm. i have to try that with kids love pesto food. as well don't they Yes. And so that idea of like taking the herbs and making basically a paste that you can put on bread or something like that, um, you could get a flavor that they like, like mint, 
would be well that's like we have with our lamb isn't it um mm-hmm. but i think i always struggle to to use medicinal herbs you know okay i put them in a tea great but actually what we're finding is you really need to have the fiber like the fiber of the plant is what's helpful so to actually put it in and blend it up and have it in a paste is actually even better than having it you know extracted yeah because you have it it's whole you know in its whole form then don't you you have the fiber having said that the extracting things with into the alcohol with the tincture is the most powerful way to have it because it goes into your system the fastest Mm. but you know it's nice to have something else to do with those herbs um, I wanted to mention also something that I've been doing since doing this research. I always figure like research is great, but when I know that the research has legs is when it changes my behavior. Mm. And so one example of that is remember the, when we uh, studied about the pathogens and we found that ashwagandha killed like five of the pathogens, we all went, okay, could I have some ashwagandha? Yeah. <laughs> uh, started taking that every day. Um, the other thing that has really changed what I'm doing is retrogradation. That's one of my big, one of my big fancy words. I know. So what it is, is, um, Els, you, you talked about the different kinds of carbs. So there's simple sugars and then there's starches and then there's complex fibers. And each of those, it has to do with how many sugars there are. So simple sugars are just, you know, a chain of simple sugars and they're easily broken down, which is why they burn so quickly. The complex uh, fibers, then oligosaccharides, they're called, um, they have a lot of molecules stuck together, harder to break down. And that's why we need our gut bugs to break them up and ferment them. Our enzymes alone won't do it. So we don't want the simple sugars. We do want the complex carbs, the fiber. But in the middle is this category of starch. So starches are potatoes, uh, rice, pasta, things like that. And you kind of get a sense of that. Like you got, you know, processed food and white flour on the one end, yeah. barley, rye on the other end. And in the middle is this kind of like stuff. Oh, I'm a middle kind of girl. Mm. I mean, I, love I know, right? I love rice. Oh. But here's the good news. I got really good news for you. Retrogradation. <laughs> Cook it the day before cool it. When you do that, this process occurs called retrogradation, which turns the kind of medium grade starch into insoluble starch, resistant starch. And your gut bugs love it. So that one trick, same food, just cook it the night before and chill it. The chilling turns it into a prebiotic that your gut bugs love. Which is awesome because if if you told me not to eat pasta anymore or not to eat potatoes, I'm not here for it. I know. Imagine if you told Dad that as well. No potatoes for Dad. Oh my goodness. I know. Well, I, that would be like the end of our world. Yeah. But so what I'm doing is I'm retrograding my potatoes. So I cook them the day before and then drain them and then put them in a big metal bowl in the fridge. And then they're just there and you can reheat them. And that does not harm the creation of the resistant starch. It's fine. You can do whatever you can fry them, mash them, reboil them, do whatever you want. So having said that, he cooked dinner the other day and I was like, did you use the cold potatoes in the fridge? And he said, no. I was like, right. Cool. That's what you like to hear. That, right? would, that would have just been too easy for him. So you've meal prepped for him and he's still not able to do it. It's 
there. They were all there. No, he didn't have them. He wanted, anyway. That's the idea good. is Actually, good. We just have to work on the delivery. Yeah. I've actually got potatoes. I cooked potatoes last night and I put them in the fridge. So I've got some. I could do it for lunch. Retrogradation. And you can eat them without guilt. How good is that? Yeah, it's like killing two birds with one stone because no guilt and meal prep. Love right. meal prep, don't we? Love meal it. Prep. We are all about the meal prep, aren't we? Yeah. I'm going to oh. do a little Buddha bowl for the kids this afternoon when they wake up. So I'm going to do the cold. To be so sorry, just quickly, could I just give it cold and it still has the same effect? And oh. I could heat it up. It doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter. Once so that, that process occurs, it's locked and you can do whatever you want then. Okay. Well, I'll just probably give them the cold new potatoes. And then I do have some quinoa that I can give them. Some boiled eggs, some like grapes, some peas, cucumber. There we go. A kitty Buddha bowl. That's a beautiful thing. Hey, a little you should put that in the cookbook. Yes. See? Babies can eat carbs too. <laughs> Listen, everybody needs to eat carbs. Please eat carbs. The right kind of carbs. Right, we are talking about complex carbohydrates yes. that are high fiber. That's the kind we want you to eat. But please, please, please do this because I can't tell you so many people. I do consultations and they say, "But I eat a good diet. I eat fruit. I eat veg." And mm. you hear it all the time. I, I was, I was talking to a friend over the weekend, and she was like, "Oh, guys, guess what? I've started the keto diet." Um, I'm not going to do, I'm not eating, I'm not eating any carbs, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And I yeah. just sat there like, <laughs> oh, I, said, I said, oh, you know, your gut bugs need the fiber, that's what they eat, da, 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 da. and uh, managed to get her to order some complete prebiotic. Well, she said she was going to, so okay. fingers crossed. So that's Great. one step in the right direction. Hopefully she'll... Uh, come to her senses and start eating carbs now as well but yeah a lot of people on live chat as well are like I eat a lot of leafy vegetables and and all this and like yeah but you need diversity you need a range and I think yeah like I said before it's about educating people isn't it like yeah you probably have to say the message like three or four times before it gets through and makes sense to people because I think when we first discussing fiber and carbs um and the good carbs you know you it it doesn't sink in straight away you're like but you know pasta so that was that middle you know starch that we were talking about and you really have to talk about it and and look into it more than just explaining it once to someone so you know you were talking to your friend care okay first step they they've ordered the complete prebiotic which is great um but you might have to have another conversation about how well you know maybe just try some different grains um it's not easy for people to grasp when we've been told for so long or there's that message out there that carbs are bad it's really difficult to make that mind shift. It's not going to happen immediately. We And we're really, you know, we're swimming upstream on swim. Yeah. The reason for that is we're seeing the science. Yeah. Like we're looking at people's microbiome reports. I'm as surprised as anyone. You know, I thought it was all cool. Like I thought grains were bad and carbs were bad yeah. until I started looking at what happens when you only eat protein, fruit, and veg. And people were shocked. They're like, but I have a good diet. And I said, but you don't. Sorry, 
your gut bugs are not happy. All I can tell you is what I'm seeing in your report and your fiber scores are low. When there's 21 different kinds of fiber, you are not satisfying all of those 21 different kinds by just eating fruit and veg. You've got to have the grains. You've got to have the pulses. I'm going to have a t-shirt on me. <laughs> you've got to have the grains. You've got to have the pulses because that's what we need to get out there. People need to understand it. Oh, oh I wanted to tell you something really cool also because we're talking about weight and people are, you know, it's going to be summer. We're coming out of lockdown. Everybody wants to lose a little bit of weight. So top tip. From the bacterial point of view, acromantia is the bacteria that is found in lean people and not in obese people. So it helps you, you know, um, it lives in the mucosal lining of your gut and it is associated with leanness. Now, up to this point, we have thought that the only way to increase acromantia was by intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. right? That's the recommendation that we've been giving. But oh, we've done. I'm sorry, I'm so geeky about this stuff. I get all excited. Um, one of our nutritional therapists came upon this article and I went researching it and come to find out there is a way to increase acromantia by eating something. And guess what it is? I saw this mm. and I should know it off the top of my head. It's not, mm, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> rhubarb. Oh, Love rhubarb. My right? dad loves rhubarb as well, doesn't yeah, he? I love rhubarb. I love rhubarb. I'm a big fan. So in what way? Like the stalk, the leaf? Well, there you go. That's an important question. The leaf is poisonous. So good to know. <laughs> no, don't eat the leaf. Do not eat that. Do not eat the leaf. It's very high in oxalic acid. Yeah. Um, so stems, you know, yeah. which is what we normally eat anyway. Now, what they did in the test, and this was an animal test, it was on mice. Okay, so they haven't done the clinical trial on human beings, but what the heck, it's rhubarb, right? So it's not it's gonna harm you. Um, they used a dried powder. Okay. And now rhubarb, obviously it's not available all around the year. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna, before I recommend these things, I like to try them myself. So I ordered some of this rhubarb powder. It is available from Baldwin's. Um, it does not taste good. I'm here to tell you right now. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a crumble. It just, you know, it's, it's yeah, it doesn't taste good. Um, but put that in your gut health smoothie. So create yourself a summer weight loss gut health smoothie. Um, and what I like to put in it is beetroot. Okay, so first you've got your kefir and then you've got your prebiotic because those are always. And then you have maybe 25 grams of beetroot and or strawberry. Okay. You've got a red color here, got a little natural sugar from the beetroot and a nice flavor from the strawberry. Or you can just have beetroot or just have strawberry, but I like to mix them up. And then you put one teaspoon of the rhubarb powder in there. And that way you can take it over time. You don't have to just only get it when you see it in the shop, you know. And yeah, you yeah, yeah. Oh. It'll increase the acromantia in your system, which improves leanness. Well, there we go. No. Right? Oh. I know. Exciting. Perfect timing for it, too. I know. Yeah. Perfect timing. So I'm going to actually, I should do a blog post, shouldn't I, and, and do the, the yeah. summer plus gut health smoothie. On the intermittent fasting point, what's considered a fast? Um, when you do, I think, 16 hours. Oh, oh it's not going to work for me then, is it really? Well, you can, you can like eat, if you eat supper early. Yeah, um, which we do. We they do. say like eat at seven and then you don't eat anything, you know, no snacking after dinner. Yeah. And then you wake up at seven. That's twelve hours. Yeah, so it's not. So if, then, if you eat at 
you know, 11, you've done your 16 hours. Yeah. To be fair, I might not be too far off that because we eat at about half past five because of Isabella. Hmm. But then I have brekkie at around eight in the morning. Well, you know what? The intermittent fasting, you know, I, I've seen science that goes both ways. Mm. Um, and I'm, I, I did it for a while. And then I was like, mm. the, yeah. the, where I landed on the whole thing was your gut bugs want regularity and stability. Yeah. And really, ideally for your system, three meals and two snacks, you know, spaced at regular intervals throughout your day. Mm. And you can see why that is. I mean, imagine you're a gut bug. And like what you want is kind of small amounts of food on a regular basis that you can process and you know it's coming, you know, consistency, stability, yeah. regularity. You don't want like long periods with no food and then all this food dumped in. That's not how systems work. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm trying to go more for the um, regular high fiber, lots of grains at every meal um, and then snacks in between because it's a thing, you know, if you're not feeding your system all the time, your system goes into lockdown mode and it, uh, you know, it says preserve all the calories because I'm not getting enough. Yeah, for sure. So I think intermittent fasting is probably a tool to be used yeah. in particular circumstances, um, but I, I'm not a fan of doing it all the time anymore. I don't think I could deny myself my bracket. You think they're both young mothers. Like you need your energy needs to be high, and you need to oh, like definitely you need to be fed and resourced. You can't you know you can't go into your day hungry. No, no, no definitely no. not. I'm not waiting an extra couple of hours. Yeah, no. <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit the ground running. Right. Speaking of hitting the ground running, do we have any recipes? Yes, yes, we do. Um, so it's a panzanella, and. I've made so panzanella is usually with stale bread. You can use fresh, that's fine. Um, and then you add in tomatoes, cucumber, red onions, etc. Now I've made this particular panzanella with rye bread and sourdough. Both both are fine. Um, certainly better than white bread, for instance, which is a no-go because it's a simple carb and it's just super simple sugar. Um, and what you do is you rip up your bread preferably rye or sourdough um, and pop it in the oven for 15 to 20 minutes with a bit of olive oil on it, let it crisp up and then add it into a bowl with chopped up tomatoes. I like using mixed tomatoes because it looks pretty. Um, thinly sliced red onion, some cucumber, some avocado. Put a little bit of capers in there because it's nice and like salty and mix it together with olive oil and a little bit of red wine vinegar, and then toss in a load of ripped up basil leaves yeah. and add, add that nice crispy bread and mix it all together and it's it's lush. But I was thinking to take it to the next level and maybe something that I'll try next time, instead of rye or sourdough, you could use Ezekiel bread. Ooh, nice. So tell us about Which Ezekiel I, bread. I think it would work well as well because Ezekiel bread, it is quite heavy. Um, but I think it would be really nice and I think it'll crisp up nice in the oven. So it's mm -hmm. worth a go. Mm -hmm. Worth the world. I think that sounds amazing. I'm actually drooling. Like physically drooling. <laughs> I run it. Run it now. Especially on a nice day. Yeah. yeah. Summary. Doesn't know, by the way, has four different kinds of sprouted grains and two sprouted pulses. So amazing. one I know, right? Like, how good is that? So one little piece of Ezekiel bread and you are fibrotastic in terms of diversity. Yeah. 
it is a little bit expensive because uh, Frank, I, I mean, I do make bread, but I don't make Ezekiel bread because it's just seems really complicated, but I buy mine in. It's cost about, I don't know, four pounds or something per loaf, which is expensive, but I put mine in the freezer and it lasts me three weeks. Yeah. You know, we've gotten post-it, so it's, you know, I'm not whipping through it, but um, I think that sounds amazing. Yes. And I suppose if you're concerned about not working your way through your Ezekiel bread, you could still make the panzanella because you can use stale bread. Oh, like it. Perfect. There we go. I'm going to have to try that for lunch. Yeah. Okay, so next time, Tara, you're going to be out, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're going, holiday. you're going somewhere fun? Yeah, we're going, going to take Maxim's on half term, so we're going to go to Bristol Zoo. Ooh, so I can't wait for that. I'm yeah. jealous. That sounds so good. I want to go. That sounds amazing. Um, but we are going to have the other Chuckling Goat Girl mm-hmm. um, fill in. And that is um, my daughter, Fia, who is a medical herbalist. She's just about to finish her training and she teaches foraging classes. And she's just been uh, writing her thesis about therapeutic gardens. So we're going to talk about de-stressing through nature, how you can bring your stress levels down through interacting with the natural world. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. So we'll record it here so you can catch up. That'll be good. It'll just be nice to have a chat with uh, with Fia, won't it? I know. I know she's been busy studying. She's off in Devon, so it'll be good to catch up with her. Yeah. Okay. Well, ladies, it was lovely as always. Lovely catching up with you. And uh, Kara, we won't catch you next time, but we'll see you the time after that. And have yeah. a lovely week from now until then. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.